The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. They love to make us sweat it out, but they are seven and one. I'm Jess Taylor. Welcome into this week's episode of the BGN Instant Reaction Show. I'm here as always with Shane Half and Rachelle's behind the glass. She'll pop in later to talk about the three words with us. We missed you last week, Shane. So before we get into whatever ugly thing the Eagles just did to get a win today, how was your A, first Eagles game, B, your trip to Philadelphia as a whole? Did you have the best time and was the game absolutely unbelievable? Uh, Yeah, the game was awesome. The entire trip was incredible. Uh, all I'm saying is the Eagles held the Dolphins to 10 points. I mean, they had the touchdown on defense when I was in the stands. I I was there. Kelly Green came back. The Eagles had one of their best games of the year. I don't think it's a coincidence. So anybody that wants to donate to send me to more Eagles games so we can definitely continue winning. Uh, my DMs on Twitter are always open. There's a tip jar there. You guys go ahead. But no, for real, the, the game was awesome. I've got a Twitter thread up. For, it's pinned on my profile if anybody wants to check out food I ate, places I went, all that stuff. But it was a blast. Yeah, I saw it. It looked really awesome. I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad the game was supremely, supremely worth it. So I think you made a good point that I think leads us directly into what we just have to discuss today. And that's the Eagles offense was spectacular last week. The Eagles defense was lights out easily the best game they've played all year we you know we talked about on the show afterwards this was the most complete game that they had played so far against arguably one of the best teams in football Tua is currently the front runner for MVP Tyreek is the number one receiver in the NFL and they had a really good defense on top of it and then they come out this week to play the Washington football team, Redskin commanders. <laughs> and they cannot sack the guy who's been sacked 40 times through six games. They can't do anything on defense, quite frankly. And the offense was once again, doing ridiculous things in the red zone, not able to get a mojo until the very end where the Eagles were the, the more advanced team with more experience with just, ultimately an all around better football team. And those are the teams that are able to win games like that. But what, what is, why, why, how, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I sort of expect this at this point when you play Washington for whatever oh, reason. <laughs> this is just what's going to happen whenever you play Washington. I mean, but when you when you look down to it, you've got Eric Bieniemy who does a good job with his game plans. I think he's a good coach. You've got Sam Howell who. I mean, he's not like lightning fast time to throw. He certainly was today. And again, when they played the Eagles last week, that's something they seem to specifically game plan for. Um, I thought as the game went along, you saw Desai try to get his guys up in press coverage, which is not something they typically like to do. And there's reasons they don't like to do that. But when Washington's going to get the ball out so quick, it's just something you have to go to. But there's just a void over the middle of the field. And there's a lot of things that play into that. I don't, I don't think Sidney Brown played very well today. Uh, I'm not, as always, I'm not sure on any of these takes until we get to the midweek in the film, but I don't think Sidney Brown played very well. He's playing in the slot, which he played in college, but it wasn't his primary position. So transitioning positions, playing in the slot, that's probably a component of your middle of the field. You've got uh, Reed Blankenship coming back after missing a game with injury. You've got a new safety in Kevin Byard, who we think is a good safety guys and it's expected probably that there's going to be some issues over the middle of the field and you get logan thomas six catches this unit did i just freeze freeze could you hear me a little okay froze for a minute in there it wasn't quite as bad as that time that we had the thunderstorms going on in preseason but you did freeze a little bit in there you were saying that you you know we think kevin byard is a good safety but okay all on the edge. Okay. Yeah. It like started just rotating on my end. So I kept talking because I didn't know if people would be able to hear me or not, but Fair enough. Um, it's his first game playing next to all these guys. So I think you could expect some issues relating coverage over the middle of the field. And I think we saw that today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely think that you use, I, I mean, anytime someone is acquired midweek, and you know you hear that they're playing on Sunday. You you've you've got some question marks of how quick and and how easy it is for these guys to be able to pick up some of the stuff. But there's always going to be question marks and hiccups as well because it's it's a lot to take in, especially as their defense has evolved through seven weeks of the season, right? And they've put to, you know they start you know at one spot week one and it continues to evolve as as things happen as guys go down to injury as they move players around a little bit as they game plan for the week ahead so getting someone in there obviously you know it's different from you know someone coming off the couch and having to get into game shape and and then start playing versus someone who's you know been playing the whole time but you know you're expecting some of those things so i hope we can chalk some of that up to that but i mean we talked at length about how the first game against the Commanders was Sean Desai's worst game so far through the season of, as a defensive coordinator. And I think you're going to be able to make the argument that the second game against the Commanders is a close second. Yeah, I think so. Um, it was a rough game. And I mean, yeah, the Eagles win. Yeah, the Eagles fumble it twice inside the five-yard line. You know, I know the Eagles have red zone issues, but even if we just give them a touchdown and a field goal there, don't right. even say you score two touchdowns. You win 48 to 31 with that last touchdown coming in garbage time. So, but it's hard to feel good about Sam Howell throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns. And I mean, part of it, not able to get pressure. Um, obviously Hassan Reddit gets the big sack at the end. I take exception to that intentional grounding, not counting as a sack. Like NFL should change that. 
if you got a guy in your grasp and he gets intentional grounding, it shouldn't be a penalty yardage. It should just be sack yardage. But so Hassan Reddick plays a good game. Josh Sweat had a few pressures, but overall the ball, I, I'm anxious to see the time to throw for Howell in this game. It felt super fast. And to me, that's yeah. a coverage issue, not a pass rush issue. And so I saw a lot of frustration with the pass rush online. I don't think that's really warranted. The ball was just coming out so quick. And that's part of, you know, having your linebacker core pieced together with duct tape and then having, you know, a slot defender that was a safety, but it's now a slot defender and a safety that's been hurt. And then another safety that's been on another team trying to work together as a five-man unit over the middle of the field. So I would expect to see that improve. It's certainly concerning though. Yeah. It's, it's not a good feeling anytime you watch a guy who, couldn't put up more than seven points against the New York football giants a week ago. And they are a bad football team put up 31 points and almost 400 yards on this, this Eagles defense who is supposed to be one of the better defenses in football. And, you know, they, they had some injury issues with Milton Williams going down in the first half and then you lose Jalen Carter in the second half as well. Um, So they had some, some issues there. And, you know, it, it is, as you said, it is really easy to sort of blame the pass rush there, but, you know, if anybody is doing any sort of homework leading into their game against the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, the, the game plan should be get the ball out as quickly as humanly possible because they're struggling on the back end and their front four, give or take a couple, are, you know, what is is making them so great. So if you're holding the ball for a long period of time, you are in trouble. I, I don't, again, I'm thankful that more teams don't figure that out and do that week in, week out. But, you know, again, this guy still has been sacked 40 upwards of 40 times through through six games it is regardless a little bit frustrating because I think there were times where and this goes for not even just the the defensive line having players or having Sam Howell in their grasp and not being able to finish the play and make a play that was happening all over the field today which can be unbelievably frustrating to watch yeah absolutely Howell he he doesn't have a lot of rushing yards right three carries 11 yards today he's really shifty in the pocket. And there were several times that I thought Fletcher Cox did a good job of staying home in his rush lane, disengaging and pursuing Sam Howell, but he's just not going to catch him. I mean, he's not, he's not fast enough for that. And so, you know, I thought Cox did a good job of stringing those plays out, but it just allows him to buy time. Uh, You know, it's very possible. We do the Boston Scott thing against the giants. Sam Howell might be the commander's version of that. I mean, he has, he has, one game or excuse me he has two games this year over a 56 qbr both of them are against the eagles like no I, don't, I don't know we're, we're just the king makers for commander's quarterback i i wanted to make a joke at some point on twitter during the game like you know if we were playing the 49ers and we were getting diced up like that i would have made a joke saying joe montana instead of brock purdy or something like that yeah, I, I legitimately didn't know a quarterback to name like Washington has never had a good one. So I didn't even have I couldn't even make the joke. It just fell flat. But it's insane how good Howell looks in two games a year against the Eagles. It's quite literally the only reason that the Washington football team is able to keep quarterback like it's the only reason that Taylor Heineke kept his job as long as he did last year is because he was playing like garbage and then came and played lights out against the Eagles and was able to keep his starting job for a little bit longer and it's the same with Sam Howell like the only reason Sam Howell's still their starting quarterback is because of what he's shown against the Eagles and they're like oh well maybe that's the only reason and I don't know why that keeps happening but it needs to stop 
This there's no there is no reason on planet Earth that this game should have been. You've I'm sure you've seen the meme of it's the Eagles logo and it's like the timeline at the bottom and the beginning. It's like a little thing and it says, "I can't wait to watch my favorite football team play." And then there's a big gap and it says, "I'm going to kill myself." And the little <laughs> bit at the end goes, "Oh, nice. We won." I I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that terrible I'm excited to watch my favorite football team play. I can't breathe. I can't look away from the TV. My child is like beating me over the head with toys because I'm so locked in on the Eagles and she wants to play. And at the end, it's like, all right, we can move on. We won. I'm well, tired I mean, to, to be fair, like there's no more Commanders games this year. Next week's just the okay. Cowboys. So I'm sure you'll get that experience. Uh, right. Just to quantify for you here how crazy this is. So obviously it's, you know, it's two games, but if you expanded that, like if Sam Howell, you know, we do the thing with Boston Scott, if he could play the Giants 17 games a year, if yep. Sam Howell played the Eagles 17 times a year on this pace, he would throw for 5,840 yards, 43 touchdowns with a 73% completion percentage, all three of which lead the NFL last season. So like Sam Howell, MVP, he just needs to do the thing where they trade him to whoever plays the Eagles every week, apparently, and he'll be a Hall of Famer. That should make every single person on the defensive side of the football in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room vomit immediately. <laughs> if they get someone get that to them, you know how we did such hard work to get all of the different things on social media to the Philadelphia Phillies. So they would like get mad at the bulletin board. Someone take that to the Philadelphia Eagles. Make sure they see how horrific that is and do something about it. Because, my God, if this defense plays like this ever again, I'm going to lose my mind. That was terrible. It's the Sean Desai is the anti-Jonathan Gannon because Jonathan Gannon's defense looked so good against bad quarterbacks and got torched by good ones. Maybe it's just the flip side now. Sean Desai looks so good against the Dolphins and these other teams, and then you play the bad teams, and it's like, Watch out. Hall of Fame performance. I don't <laughs> understand. I just can't. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> why are they so? Why did this happen? Like, they played so well last week. So well. 10 points to arguably one of the most dynamic offenses that we have seen in a while in the NFL. And it's, I mean, to be honest, it's not like the Eagles defense stopped them. Like Reed Blankenship gets the interception. I put that in the same bucket as I put a lot of Chauncey Gardner Johnson's last year, right place, right time on an overthrow. I mean, it's not a pass Sam Howell should have made. He sails it and it's a good job by Reed being where he should be, but it's not like he undercut a route or something. And then that ensuing drive, Sam Howell makes a bad throw behind Terry McLaurin. McLaurin would normally catch it. He doesn't. On fourth down, same thing. McLaurin drops it. So the Eagles defense didn't get better in the second half. They got lucky and the yeah. offense kept putting up points. I mean, look at the end, like, which we can talk about this. I said after DeAndre Swift scored, I tweeted DeAndre Swift should have went down. Like it's cool play. I'm glad we've got a counter punch to the tush push. He should have went down. You don't score the touchdown there. And people were like, oh, whatever. Grumpy old man, whatever. Go score, have some fun. And then in 40 seconds, Washington goes and scores a touchdown. And now it comes down to an onside kick, which is not a high percentage play for the kicking team. 
It's a very low percentage play, but you know what? It's greater than a 0% chance that they would have had to win the game if Swift slides down. So, you know, I get being amped up in a rivalry game and stuff. I would hope that that's a coaching point moving forward because those are little things. That's a little thing that, I mean, it very well could have cost you a game today if the ball bounces wrong on that onside kick. Right. And it didn't look super great. Like the way that the ball bounced, it was in the air just long enough where Devontae Smith was also in the air just long enough where there were enough bodies to hit him hard enough that if, you know, it, it we, we trust Devontae Smith's hands. Right. But like it, it wasn't one of those where it was a clean cut, perfect, like, you, you held your breath for a second in there when all the contact happened because of the way that the ball bounced and it it, it could have given them them an opportunity. So, you know, the Eagles were but and but the other you know problem is and, and you kind of touched on this with with the offense a little bit, but the offense was putting up points in the second half. But in the first half, the offense was not putting up points, which made all of these things even more frustrating to watch because the offense was, again, Last week, I thought Brian Johnson did a really good job with his play calling, and they were able to to overcome the turnovers that they had and and win the game in a pretty dominant fashion. This week, we were right back to square one with ridiculous play calls, no creativity in the red zone, turnovers in the red zone. Why? Yeah, I don't. The only thing I hate about the red zone play calling today is just putting Kenny Gainwell in. And I mean... He gets he gets the touchdown at the end of last week. It was a pretty good run. Whatever. I, I just don't understand the fascination with Kenny Gainwell inside the 10. Uh, outside of that, which I wouldn't put the player in that situation, but that's still a player execution issue. The tush push, that's an execution issue. I generally think the Eagles red zone offense has gotten a lot better over the last couple weeks, which is promising. It's trended up even today. It's not like they were settling for field goals in the red zone. They had two fumbles. You would say fumbles are pretty fluky. Um, I wouldn't put those necessarily on play calling. Again, other than putting Gainwell in, which I disagree with putting Gainwell into that situation. But so I am. While we're we're on Gainwell, really quick, just I don't know. Have you seen this yet about what he was doing at halftime? No. He was responding to DMs at halftime about his fumble. So. Ah. He was in the locker room at halftime responding to Eagles fans, DMing him to hold on to the ball. And there are like, there's, there's screenshot and video proof of, of time of like timestamps as well. So do with that information what you will. And, and please, please continue. (laughs) Well, I mean, first of all, shout out to Eagles fans for coaching from the couch and shout out to Kenny Gainwell for taking the coaching. I mean, he didn't fumble in the second half, so it obviously worked. It's like the it's like the Mike McDaniel clip last year when I don't know if you remember this when Justin Fields like scrambled into the sideline and the camera caught the Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel saying something to him and they asked him about it after the game and he said I was telling him to stop scrambling and it was really annoying because he didn't listen. Hey, Kenny Gainwell listened. He didn't fumble again. Kudos. Good, good for him. But stay off your phone at halftime, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So <laughs> I, I thought for a second, I thought for a second when you started talking about the onside kick and you're like the ball bounced and you know, he was in the air. Smith was in the air just long enough to get hit. And we trust Devonta Smith. I thought you were about to say, but put AJ Brown back there. No, no, we're, I'm perfectly okay with everything that just happened. It was just, 
the how long the ball was hovering in the air it made me hold my breath for a second longer than I originally would have because that was I mean he got clapped like yeah he got it and he held on to that ball for dear life which I appreciate but it it was a little unnerving so you um, used to started- you used to the onside kicks always used to be kick the top of the ball directly down into the turf and you would pop it up high and they changed that rule they allowed the receiving team to fair catch it if it's above like head level like that um to player safety stuff and ever since then onside kick recoveries have gone way down and yeah. usually you just get the ball rolling on the ground and a guy scoops it up this was a perfect onside kick i mean they don't happen very often but it did hop up didn't get high enough you could fair catch it uh i don't normally get nervous about those but that one made me a little nervous when he had to jump and catch it and twist yeah i didn't like it at all but anyway, you were we were talking about the red zone play calling. I, I needed you to have the information about Kenny Gainwell at halftime as well as you made your uh, assessment and analysis about his fumbles um, and holding on to the football and him being placed uh, on the field in the red zone as opposed to DeAndre Swift. Yes, that's good information that I did not previously have. And now <laughs> I'm furious. Yeah, it makes it even more irritating. <laughs> I don't understand why. What is – I? Can you explain, does anyone know, can anyone give me an answer, a real one or a fake one? I don't even care. I just want an answer as to why DeAndre Swift runs like a bull in a china shop all the way down, up and down the field. And then for some reason, Kenny Gainwell is the person that comes in on the two yard line. Yeah. I saw somebody say that it's his ability as a pass blocker, which is true. He is a better pass blocker than DeAndre Swift. The Eagles don't throw the ball inside the 10 yard line like that. Put him into pass block at midfield. If that's what sure. we're doing. I, yeah, I just don't like it. But I will say like, so this is the narrative. It's what we live with in Philadelphia. The Eagles won by seven. I will not acknowledge anyone this week that says the Eagles didn't run the ball enough. Like I'm over it. People were starting to say that at halftime when the Eagles had three carries for like negative two yards. And it's like the pass game is working. Like Jalen Hurts played one of the best games I've seen him play. EPA per drop back. Like, phenomenal game from Jalen Hurts. Uh, Phenomenal game from A.J. Brown. He throws four touchdowns to no interceptions. Devonta Smith, poor Devonta Smith, one yard shy of the 100-yard game. Seven receptions on seven targets for 99 yards. He targeted A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith that combined 15 times for 15 receptions. And a hundred or what, 229 yards and three touchdowns. If you're throwing the ball like that, I don't care if you ever call a run play. And people are going to be upset about the sequence where they went three and out getting the ball back at the two minute warning. I really didn't even mind that one. And that's not just me being contrarian, like, oh, how do you not run the ball or whatever? I mean, they ran the ball on first down, you get a yard, second and nine. They ran that little split zone play action play where they get Goddard out into the flat. They ran it on a third and one for a for a first down, which might indicate to you something about Jalen Hurts' health, that on third and one, they didn't run the tush push. They fumbled it once. They didn't run it that time. At the end, they gave it to Swift, uh, something that bears monitoring. But they run that little split zone play action that has worked so well, and Defender just read it out. So now all of a sudden, I don't have a problem with that call. Now all of a sudden you're third and nine and you have to throw it and it goes incomplete. So I didn't even really mind that. Like it looks bad that you took a minute off the clock in that situation. But I even thought that was fine. The Eagles threw the ball phenomenally in this game. Uh, 
and they had 15 first down series that started with a pass and they converted a first down on 14 of the 15. Sometimes you just stick with what's working. And today that was throwing the ball. Yeah. And they've got such giant linemen up front on the defensive side. And they're one of the better run stopping defensive lines that, and they're, you know, you saw what they, the Eagles were able to do to their secondary and what AJ Brown was able to do to their secondary specifically um, in week four, week four, week four against the commanders. It was working. Jalen looked phenomenal even, and he was limping. It's concerning, obviously. That he, so what, what, what did it come out right before the game? Bone bruise in his knee. He hurt it a couple weeks ago, re-aggravated it last week. And now it's, it's kind of hindering him just, just a little bit. Um, I will say though, so I, I'm sure everyone just kind of saw me look at my phone and my jaw dropped a little bit. Um, breaking news here. Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles today. I saw that he left limping and it, they were speculating that was an Achilles. Yep. Kirk Cousins has also never missed an NFL game due to injury. The only NFL game he has ever missed was due to COVID. That wow. super, super, super sucks. That's awful. I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, but don't ever like that, of course. So speedy recovery. Get, get him on the phone with Aaron Rodgers. Let's start there. Get him on the phone with Aaron Rodgers and, and see how to, how to figure that out. Well, um, I don't think that the Vikings have a playoff game to rush him back for, so they're probably no, good. They I don't, take I don't think we're going to see Justin Jefferson again this year either. No. I didn't think we were going to see Justin Jefferson this year again either, regardless, because they were playing so poorly, but we're definitely not going to see him now. Um, okay, so how are we supposed to take this, wrap this up, and – feel about it all going into a game against the Dallas Cowboys who what did the final score end up being of that game today against the Rams 43 to 20 Jesus Christ at one point it was like just the start of the second quarter and the they had a fump the Dallas defense had a pick six another interception a fumble recovery a safety like they had everything that the def Dallas defense could have done in the first quarter to be successful, they did. Yeah. At least one time. Yeah. There was a, there was like a crazy sequence where there was a, the Cowboys got a pick six to score. And then on the ensuing drive, they got a safety, which Jesus. that was technically, it was a punt blocked, but still uh, kind of a crazy, kind of a crazy sequence. But I mean, a win is a win. You're seven and one. Crazy things happen against Washington. We've seen that. The Eagles have played down to Washington. They also played up to the competition against the Dolphins. I don't think they're going to overlook a Cowboys game. In fact, maybe, just maybe you're looking a little bit ahead to the Cowboys game coming into this week. I'm not a trap game proponent. I don't think those exist, especially in uh, divisional games. But you get to come back home, you get to play Dallas, and then you get to get to your bye week. And so... um. I feel good about it. I'm excited to see a Hertz versus Dak Prescott matchup. Last year, yeah. Last year, Hertz was playing so good, and Dallas was this good team. And you get to the first game, and Dak misses the game, and then you get to the second game, and Hertz misses the game, and that was a great. I mean, it was a shootout. The Gardner, yeah. the Gardner Minshew, good game, but 
you never got to see that. And so I'm anxious to see these guys face off against each other. I saw somebody mm-hmm. mention earlier a comment about Dak talking about being excited about it. And they kind of yeah. they kind of spun that to be like Dak was, yeah, yeah, here it is. That uh, said, it, said is. it with a grin too, can't wait. I'm not sure if they're reading into that, like some maliciousness from Dak. I'm just legitimately excited to see these two go against each other. And I'm sure it's the same thing for him. So we can hate the Cowboys and we'll certainly talk trash at the Cowboys this week, but I'm excited to see this matchup uh, for the first time since, I mean, 2021 when let's face it, Hertz was an entirely different quarterback. So it'll be exciting to watch it play out. Yeah, he was, he he was, yeah. And that was early in, what was it? Week three of the season. It was very early. Nick Sirianni had just gotten here. He had yet to talk about watering flowers and growing flowers and the soil you need to grow and the whole thing. We hadn't gotten to that point yet where everything decided, you know, to make a complete U-turn and and start to look up here. But um, I will, I'll have to find the clip of Dak because I do think that there is a chance that he like did say it was some sort of like, yeah, there definitely is. There definitely, definitely, definitely is. So I'll have to, we'll have to go find it and see, but it is good. Like I am excited for it to be a good. There are the two best teams in the in the division. You know, the Cowboys are allegedly a Super Bowl contender every year. Um, so it it'll be a good matchup to see. You know, and you know it'll be one of those where we'll see how it goes this week, and we'll see what it's going to line up for when they face each other later in the season. When do they play again? December. Um. Yeah, I've got. I had that up. Hold on. Yeah, the the Cowboys being Super Bowl contenders every year. That's kind of like the whole always a bridesmaid, never the bride thing. Uh, but quite literally yes it's it's you know what that's dead on because the last time they won a super bowl was 1995 and i was born in 1995 so in my lifetime i have never they've every year of my life they've been a super bowl contender and have absolutely nothing to show for it since i've been alive so i don't know what why we keep going on running on this train here but uh it's a fun game to play hearing you say you were born in 1995 just makes me feel old Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the the Cowboys are they have won five playoff games since 1995 versus a whole bunch of losses. I can't count that high that quickly while I'm talking, but it's a that's, lot. That's too many numbers. And how many Wait a minute. What? Was it Jalen Hurts who had one more or won the same or was it Nick Foles that did? Uh well, at this point both. The, the Cowboys have not advanced past the divisional round of the playoffs since 1995. Brutal. Imagine. That sucks. Yeah, could not be my football team. <laughs> What's that like? That must suck to be a fan of that team. Yep. Not here. Not here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's see what's going on on Twitter because as as much as we're yelling over here, even though the Eagles won a football game today, I can only imagine what the Twitter world is saying and who's getting fired this week because someone has to get fired every week. I don't even remember who was getting fired last week. 
I don't even remember. There was someone that was supposed to get fired last week, and I don't remember who it was. I don't either. Oh, no, it was the Midnight Green jersey. Oh, that's right. Fire the Midnight Green jerseys. We all were on board with that, though. Yeah, I got to say, the old – the I, I don't have a strong opinion about Kelly Green versus Midnight Green. I have a strong opinion about the old school logo versus the current one. The old school logo is so much better. Like ninety percent of the Eagles apparel I own is the old logo. Like I've got it on a poster behind me that you can't see. Uh, like mm-hmm. most of the shirts and hats I have are all the old logo. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I love the old logo, even though I'm sitting here in the shirt with the new one. But um, I. I totally agree. And I also really like the field looked awesome. The end zones looked awesome. All of the borders around the stadium as well looked great. And obviously Shane, I don't, did you do when you go back and rewatch, do you rewatch the broadcast or you just go straight to the all 22? Straight to the all 22. Okay. So the broadcast also used the old logo. So (laughs) everything for the bug at the bottom the scoreboard anytime that they did like when they did the first down and like the wing on the side of it is the logo all of it was the old logo too which was really 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 awesome nice so i am in agreement with firing the midnight green and yeah. the um the only person who i really see um getting talked about negatively is james bradbury um a lot of people are definitely coming for him somebody said his worst uh year actually not even just game like worst year he does um, not play well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only one that I see that's like super, super negative. Of course, people are asking like the defense to step up, butts for secondary, but I'm seeing a lot more positive. Um, Arthur Juan Brown, like everybody's talking about AJ Brown. That's I mean, and he's rightfully the one to deserve it. And Julio Jones. First touchdown with the birds. So that was exciting. So a lot of people talking about him, but secure the ball, the turnovers. We want to see those go away. But the only one that was kind of close to coming to being fired was about um, James Bradbury. That's about it. Interesting. Yeah. AJ Brown did beat Calvin Johnson's record today. Six straight Mm -hmm. games, 125 plus yards, which is a new NFL record. Insane. Literally a legend. Did you guys see what he was saying about the earth the earth shape and the rockets taking off and stuff did you guys see that the other day oh i did not i didn't i couldn't bring myself to open the clip (laughs) and listen to the words coming out of his mouth i read the caption and i was like you know what i'm not gonna do this to myself today and i locked the phone and i walked away what did he say? Yes, please. He said something about so he's alluded to before thinking the moon landing was fake and he was talking about like flat earthers and he's like said something about like you know there might be something to it. Have you ever watched a rocket take off that it like never takes off straight, which I think means it's cuz you know it's curved, but I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I quote tweeted it and I said that AJ Brown can think the earth is a triangle and the moon's made out of cheese for all I care, as long as he keeps putting up hundred yard games. Um, so we're all good on my end, as long as he keeps doing that. But I thought it was he really can- fun. I also think maybe low key, he might just be trolling people because of the response he got with the moon thing. I'm not sure exactly, but it was, it was funny. It was a funny, it was a funny night on Twitter last night. <laughs> Yeah, he could he could actually just say, I don't believe in the moon itself. And I'd be like, yep. And that that's another 125 yards. Great. Yeah. Like, you know, the moon's not real. I'm on board. 
no move. That's fine. As long like, as he continues to flatten cornerbacks, I don't care if he thinks the earth is flat. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He can literally do anything and everything as long as he keeps doing what he's doing out on the football field. I'm content. Yeah. I, I've got to ask you, Jess, because we bring up special teams every week. <laughs> Britton Covey gets this nice punt return, right? Gets that big punt Heck return. Yeah. Did you see who brought him down on that? Nolan Nolan Smith. Smith. <laughs> he ran into him. Yeah. Nolan Smith actually is the one who brought him down, and he could have kept going, actually. Yeah, I got a really big chuckle out of that. I couldn't wait to bring that up on post game. So <laughs> I would have led with it if they lost since they won. I saved it for 35 minutes into the show. But Nolan Smith is a special teams ace, no matter which side of the ball he's on. I saw that happen and I was just like, ah, (laughs) that's about right. Like check (laughs) done for the week. That's exactly what we needed. Uh, All right. So can we get a fire gain? Well, well, someone needs to just take his phone from him in the locker room. I guess somebody told somebody on Twitter replied to my tweet about the fumble and said, the next thing the Eagles hand Kenny Gainwell better be a bus ticket. (laughs) And I got a good laugh out of that too. That's good. Jesus. Oh, well, did anybody fall through railings on the state at the stadium today? Is everything fine? Did all the signs that say don't lean on the railings work? Everyone's fine. No one fell on top of Jalen Hurts today. Nope. Haven't seen anything. Great. Great. And there were a lot of Eagles fans there today. There were like 11 buses that fit like shout out to Philly sports trips because they put together unbelievable they they do an unbelievable job getting all these Eagles fans to these games. And they sent, I think it was 11 full buses this morning at 6 a.m. That's awesome. Yeah, the game was definitely sold out, I heard. so. And I can assure you it's not fans of the football team arriving. I, I doubt it. It's nice you that, like, you know, the Eagles have a good home field advantage. And then in, like, 75% of their road games, it's just a neutral site. They're not even truly on the road. It's incredible. Right. It's beautiful 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 to watch all right so wrapping up this week what are your feelings and thoughts of the eagles through eight games about halfway through the season as we look forward to these like next couple that we know are going to be a a tough stretch going through uh for me you're seven and one there have been a lot of injuries and a lot of missed opportunities and you're still at seven and one. And so I think there's room for the team to continue to grow. They've got the best record in the NFL and they have not played nearly the top of their game. Now you're out of the easy part of the schedule. Like you're about to enter this murderer's row, right? It's, it's Dallas, then a bye at Kansas city versus Buffalo versus San Francisco at Dallas at Seattle. It's, it, it's go time. Seven and one is good. Eight and one going into a bye would be a whole lot better. And then the Eagles got to get healthy and they're going to go through a murderer's row to get them ready for the playoffs. And they're going to be in the playoffs uh, to be determined what seed they're going to be in the playoffs. But we're going to know a lot about this team when we get there. It's not going to be like last year where people are like, oh, well, they haven't really played anybody. Like They're about to get tested and I'm ready for it. I'm glad we get to find out now instead of in February. Yeah, I would just really appreciate it, especially going up against the Cowboys. Like, no slow starts. Like, today, I just didn't like to see that. Like, there's no way we should be down at halftime. And so the slow starts, like you just talked about, Shane, they're not going to work going up against some of these teams. And so we need to get out there and be aggressive 
and just start off strong and like put your foot on their necks and keep it on, keep it there like the entire game. So that's my biggest thing. But I think the Eagles are playing very, very well. Hassan Reddick. I feel like at this point, like every single week I'm talking about Hassan Reddick, shout out to him for continuing to be a closer. Um, I would have loved the birds to have way more sacks against uh, Sam Howe this week. We talked about this on Babes on Broad earlier this week, but I think the birds are in a really good position. And so they just got to keep it going, honestly. Yeah. I I'm with you on that, Rachelle. And it, it's on both sides of the ball. They need to start faster and and better and not you know need to be reminded it like halfway through the second quarter that their football game of the week started um they were it, it because in the second half i just i just saw on twitter like they allowed 14 points total in the second half and seven of those were you know in that sort of garbage time at the end so they were able to make the adjustment and play much better they just need to come out that way and they really need to clean up some of these some of these mistakes that they're making i mean especially on the offensive side you you can't be turning the ball over as much as they are i mean I, they have to be averaging what two turnovers a game yeah right it's, it's been pretty bad it was what well it was two against the dolphins four against the jets so yeah it's it's been pretty bad so far this year two today Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been bad and they just need to do a much better job of, of taking care of the football. Obviously Jalen Hurts' injury is concerning going forward as well. Um, but I mean, if he's going to play like he did today, then we'll take it. I'll live. The, e- yeah. the Eagles are currently 28th in the league in turnover differential at negative four heading into this week. So that doesn't include this week where they were negative one, I think. So they'd be negative five right now. Um, and yet, like the offense is uncharacteristically committing turnovers, the defense isn't getting turnovers. And you've got guys in Slay, in Kevin Byard that are ball hawks. James Bradbury has been a ball hawk in his career. Reed Blankenship has shown an ability to be around the football. Like you would expect a regression to the mean on both sides the offense to stop turning it over, the defense to start getting some of those turnovers. And then, you know, you mentioned Hassan Reddick, who just, you know, quietly, is on pace for a 16 sack season and nobody's talking about it. And that's mm. with two should be sacks negated by uh, intentional grounding. So the pass rush is coming on, just need the secondary to stay healthy and get some consistency playing together and, and get ready for, you know, a month and a half of awesome football matchups. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It should be fun. I really do think that there are going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be fun football, as you said. So it'll be some good matchups. We'll be spending a lot of late nights together on, on this show and we will, we will get us all through the the rest of the season, but we're going to wrap from there. Thank you so much for jumping on with us after at this lovely hour, everyone can still go. It's, you know, it's five o'clock, go have dinner with your family, go have a nice drink. Get ready for the work week. No Sunday scaries here after a bird's win. So make sure you're subscribed everywhere you get your podcast, Bleeding Green Nation. Follow us all on social media. Make sure that you're paying attention to all the content coming out from everybody here on a weekly basis. For myself, Shane, Rachel, thank you so much again for joining us. And we will talk to you next week. Go birds. Go birds.